This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 59 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Dr. Jekyll met Dr. Hyde once again as Huddersfield flipped extremes. A dismal defeat away at Swansea had town fans flat before Pancake Day rolled around and town fans were once again tossed into the air as Chris Willock kicked off a win over Bristol City with this great goal. Willock attacks the box, left-footed shot, wonderful goal Chris Willock, what a strike from the young boy! Willock scores his first home goal for Huddersfield Town. It's an absolute beauty against a rattle Bristol City. Town 1, Bristol City 0. Town with three points from six, now heading to a crunch match against Charlton Athletic. But before we get going, let's hear the highlights. Who's in? Jetson's there, Billy in. The goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town. Back at the Rob Edwards. This the moment for Lee Fowler. It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield got the chance with Clark to knock it through. This could be a chance to equalise. And they have equalised. And you know who scored it, don't you? It's Jordan Rhodes. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pete's got a chance. He scores. Smith scores for Huddersfield Town! 3-2 Town! 4-3 Town at Sands. Forrest Jerry! Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! Play down the left and Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier! 2-0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League! Dequat was in, Brand De Gea! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Turn it into the pattern. Yes! And Tommy scored! Tommy has scored one of the most important goals of all 
Flatters forward. The Flatters got the better. Yeah! And Lauren the Flatters scores. Lauren the Flatters scores. And once again, I want to thank Magic Rock Brewing for their continued sponsorship of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, Magic Rock Brewing uh, have two tap rooms which you can go and uh, check out pre-match. One in Home Firth and one in Birkby, which is just a nice gentle walk to the stadium after one or two uh, German pilsners down there. So thank you once again to Magic Rock. And again, if you've got any uh, any clothing or food which you may want to uh, pass on to um, the Welcome Centre, there are two bins at the entrance as you go in when Magic Rock and the Welcome Centre would be very grateful for any contributions. So thank you once again to uh, to Richard at Magic Rock. Okay, with me today I have Richard Cosy-Cosmala and via WhatsApp, a man who may have questioned Jack Hunt's parentage on Tuesday night, <laughs> it's Simon Copland. Good evening, gents. Hi, Matt. Evening, chaps. How are you doing? Good, it's been... Uh feels like a long week, a long emotional week being an Odysseal Town fan, doesn't it? It feels like a month, doesn't it, this last week? Uh, it's just been such an up and down uh, time, especially after the Swansea and Tuesday. And then you're coming out thinking we're on the march and then everyone else has won. And then you're thinking, look who we've got left to play. It's, I don't know where I stand with it all at the moment. I don't know what you guys think. Mm. Let's dive into the Swans again. <laughs> Just before Simon gets in there, sorry, Simon. <laughs> we'll we'll dive into the Swansea game. Town, me and you went on Love Sport Radio, didn't we, on Friday? You yep. can catch uh, the Huddersfield Town special at half past ten every Friday on Love Sport. Ian Dunn on tomorrow. Ian Dunn. has been confirmed. Got the legend. Hair. We don't care. Uh, yeah, so uh, team selection on Saturday. So we went on Love Sport and we actually thought we'd do quite well at Swansea, didn't we? Yeah. We, we fancied it. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> listen because there's just two idiots talking rubbish. And then my kind of confidence in a result kind of dipped a bit when I saw the, the team sheet uh, with Andy King partnering um, uh, partnering in midfield with Lewis O'Brien at number 10 and and then Hogg with, with King in, in the middle and, and Campbell over Mounier as well up front. It had other people a bit in a... In a tiz on on online on Twitter as well. Uh, what did you guys think of the, the the team sheet really, or the start to uh, start to it? Yeah, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Um, I think kind of as you kind of mentioned, Matt. There were perhaps I wouldn't say surprises in there. I think kind of deep down, I almost knew he would go with Kachunga. Um, I think kind of deep down, I kind of saw that Andy King would would play some role. He wouldn't join the club if he were kind of wasn't promised starts um, in game time. But yeah, you kind of look, particularly now reflecting on, on Tuesday night's game as well, you look at kind of what Willock brought to the team, what Emil Smith brought to the team and kind of for those people who will obviously travel to Swansea, congratulations to them and well done to them. I bet they kind of wish they'd have, wish they'd have played and um, kind of made, made a difference like they did the other night, really. I was very disappointed, to be honest with you, because I think, so you guys kind of... Bit- more savvy about formations than me, but the one thing I noticed kind of watching the game back is the lack of energy from Huddersfield. It was almost as if, you know, the derby game, because I was really buoyed by that. I thought we played mm. really well, played some nice football. I thought we were making big progress and it was like that had never happened really. And uh, to be honest, I think if we'd have scraped the 1-1, which, you know, if we'd have you know, just 
kind of defended how we should have done after we'd equalised. We probably wouldn't deserve, in my opinion, but we'd be happy, we couldn't, we? yeah, we couldn't even muster that, to be honest with you. I, I thought we got what we deserved at, in, at Swansea and it was a bitly disappointing, really, because... I really, I backed us to the ilk, kind of, obviously, on that show, Matt, and I thought we'd be making some real good progress with the football, and I suppose it's proven that, you know, what we did, obviously, we'll come on to Bristol uh, in, a, in a few minutes, but, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't that we lost, because that's always a tough game, Swans away, but it was our loss for me. Yeah, the first 55 minutes, I thought, were pretty poor from us, and then all of a sudden, we kind of kicked in, we brought Emil Smith-Rowe on and Steve Mooney, and then everything changed, and Chris Willock, and uh, everything kind of changed, and I think... By the time we'd scored, uh, over the previous sort of 10, 15 minutes, we probably deserved to get back into the game. And then we threw it away, straight away, corner. And it's when a, when a midfielder who's not exactly renowned for scoring headers pops up in the middle of the box on the penalty spot with an easy header like that, you know that the, the defence probably hasn't done its done its job. And it's not a pretty watch back, is that? And it was one of those that just like, I mean, you know what it's like playing even at five a side when, when you concede such a soft goal. And, and obviously we've got... This, got back into it, whether hook or by crook, it just totally deflated everyone really, the fans, the the players, you could see the body language and obviously then we went and conceded a third and yet yeah, all of a sudden, uh, a very poor afternoon really. Mr Garrick, a former Cliff Manor student. What was quite obvious well. for me, I think what was quite obvious for me was kind of that, that team selection that Cow has picked against Swansea. He's going out for a point, isn't he? He's kind of setting up, kind of setting his stall out. We're going away from home, we're going to try to get a point. We'll play for the draw. Anything else is a bonus. And I'm not sure, as a Huddersfield Town fan, where we're at right now, whether I'm particularly content with that. I think... Um, Do you think he does that? As you say, we've played well at Dab. I don't, I don't know if he ever really sort of plays for a draw, no. whether he just kind of lets them come at us and soaks it and then hits them on the break. I don't think he ever kind of plays for a point. There's no pace to, there's no real pace to hit anyone on the break, though, is it? That's kind of the, almost the point in the team selection, and I appreciate it hands are tied a little bit by what he has available to him but you saw the pace kind of on, on the other night with Emile Smith-Rowe with Willard down the wing kind of real kind of move from defence to attack really quickly had people who could kind of kind of just move the ball at pace and, and kind of travel with the ball at pace and that kind of team selection midweek didn't have any of that and I, I think I kind of looked at that team selection it just felt a little bit as a we're kind of as you say soak the pressure up and if we can come away with a point Danny Cowley would be happy and that may be enough for this season. That may be do the jobs that may get us to 50 points like you spoke about. But I think looking to next season, that, that kind of going to these places, if you, if you want to achieve something in this league, you need to pick up some more points away from home and sitting up for a draw week in, week out. It's not going to not going to deliver what, what you would need to do if you want to kind of get promoted out this league. So just we, will, uh, we will see in time. It will performance me that we're just out of sync with what we've seen, I would argue, from, I've said it before, since half an hour after the foot, you know, into the Fulham game and that as well. Thought Ayu, who seems to have an issue with other Seal Town. I've every time we play Ayu, he always seems. I mean, he's a class footballer, but he he, he was so good. He was holding the ball up, bringing something to play, but really clever. And the Kalulu, the guy who apparently has not been tearing up yeah, much. He was decent, he, but every time he got the ball, he was a threat. I mean, and he only lasted you know, 60, 65 minutes, but he'd done his job. But it was one of those really. We we equalised out of absolutely nothing really, and. Those will come on to Willock later on. He's been a real positive in the last two games. But after that, it's kind of, yeah, I suppose football does it for you. But you're thinking, switch on, guys, here. We've we've stolen a point here. We probably don't deserve. But yeah, like you said, Matt, a, a terror goal, wasn't it? That second one, it would be. Yeah, the third one was offside. I'm, I'm convinced of it by, uh, by former Wycliffe Mount student, Mr. Garrick, um, <laughs> Osset Albion, ex Osset Albion player. 
Uh, he he went through, but I don't, I don't think that really mattered. I don't think that would have affected the uh, the final result. In all honesty, um, I felt pretty down after that Swansea performance because I think the the results around us hadn't gone very well again. Wigan beat Millwall, Barnsley beat Middlesbrough. I think that doubly hurt, really, didn't it? And yeah. I think obviously coming off the back of the uh, you know the, the the Cardiff game that we'd seen, Derby obviously we'd not won, but I felt that you know the performances. Positive, wasn't it? It was, and then that's really it. And then you're looking at the table, and all of a sudden, what we were, we were just one point in front of the. What were we on Saturday? Two, two points in front. Yeah, and yeah. but I think the, the main thing, the wind had knocked out of our sails. So I mean, we don't want to spend too much in the Swansea game because Tuesday night we're just like chalk and yeah, cheese, fun, wasn't it? it? Swansea's not much fun, so we'll, we'll move on. In <laughs> no, I mean the conditions were horrendous. Yeah. They seem to be every game these days, don't they? Whether what have you? But there's yeah. no excuse really. It just. To, yeah, there was, and, and I think the thing that struck me for the first time all season, and again, social media is maybe sometimes not the best gauge, but it was a lot of, it was almost like that's it now. The Cowleys are a fair game, and there was a lot being said, a lot of anger. I don't know if a lot of panic looking at the table, but I, I mm. felt for, I felt it were a kind of back to the bad old days. It were a nasty place to be on Saturday night and Sunday. Coming at the games, a lot of negativity and. Things had changed for me with the fan base on that on this game against Swansea, and obviously we didn't take too many. So I, I just think a lot of people looked at the lineup, saw the result. Although we had more possession than Swansea, but 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 it was so, a cheap possession. Yeah, wasn't it? Lossal to yeah. But I think I think the common denominator was Emil Smith Rowe's been playing really well, and he didn't. He, he came on. Things changed. Why wasn't he starting? The Cowleys negative, mm. etc. And it were all happening from Saturday onwards, really. And we really needed Tuesday. What did you think? I thought. That they were a bit of a watershed, really. This first time they really got some stick, I thought. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it. It definitely happen. felt a bit, of a, a bit of a turning moment, I thought. A little bit unsavory, just because it says with some points that kind of were voiced on, on social media. I kind of felt that um, people were right to question the team selection. I think kind of people prior to then had seen glimpses of Neil Smith Rowan were kind of questioning perhaps why he hadn't been included. Similarly with, with Willock, a lot had been made about how successful the transfer window had been but yet these players were, were, were not in the team and kind of also kind of we'd, we'd start to see kind of or heard for a, a number of weeks now that Pritchard was about to be involved but again didn't perhaps make his way off the bench and kind of a, a few things kind of messages perhaps being interpreted by the fan base differently to perhaps what Danny Cowley had maybe intended them to be I think kind of contributed to this kind of feeling of kind of um disappointment kind of um, a bit of anger probably in truth as well at, at kind of how a team that's kind of as you say because one week can do do that performance against Derby and, and look really interesting up for it and then something very very kind of yeah. very different but but what I will say in Danny Cowell's defence is obviously um, he's kind of got the team in kind of after that after that game and then kind of either given them up for or kind of told them a few home truths and the response kind of the other night was kind of Everything and more wasn't it, and obviously we're going to discuss that now. But I couldn't have, couldn't have asked for a better response, really. I think I've kind of closed Matt. You make a good point because I agree. I think they were right. I mean, because you think of like Mooney and Smith Rowe to me were the, some of the form offensive players that we had. Not in there, Kachunga. Who I mean, I suppose we'll discuss it in a minute. I've, I don't think anyone's been wild with. I love his effort, but attacking wise, went Andy King, not a man who's going to bomb forward and get you much. So I, I just think. Well, hang on a minute. Why, why aren't these guys in? You know, obviously Grant. What a debate, wasn't it? I mean, we put it out there, didn't we? Would you kind of start with him? Would you keep Mooney and stuff? So I think people just looked at that and obviously the way it went. But yeah, enough of Swansea. Can let's move on to a Tuesday. 
Yeah, I don't want to get into Carl and Grant up front. You know my strong feelings on that and what they have been over the last 12 months. How did you feel coming into Tuesday? Because I can back it up on, on, on our WhatsApp group. I felt we were going to win. And it's just you two guys felt we were going to lose. And, and Well, not felt, you said. And I said we're going to win. But it's almost, this is the division. It, it's almost like forget about what's happened before. Forget where they are in the table. I, I just had a good feeling about it. As long as you could get the right players in, in the team to give us a go. I just felt it had to be an attacking because the fan base was kind of swaying, I thought, a little bit. So I, the, the lineup was important on Tuesday. So when we saw that team, I thought, that's a good I was side. happy when I saw the lineup. Yeah. When I saw the lineup, I saw Smith Rowe back in. And, and I think we forget that the last time Smith Rowe played, uh, he went off uh, carrying a bit of a knock, I think, which hasn't, they didn't make a, a big song and dance of that. But the last time he, uh, he played at home, he went off with a bit of a knock and the Cowleys have made a point of saying that they have to look after Emil Smith-Rowe and that's essentially what they've done. And he was he was outstanding, wasn't he? From first minute to the, the very, very last, he was he was he was something special. And at number 10, you could even argue that that performance, you know, the number 10, we've just had two years in the Premier League. Have we seen a better number 10 play for us while we're in the Premier League than Emil Smith-Rowe? I don't think so. Ugh. He's, he's honestly, he's, the, the performances he's put in, Away at Fulham, they're a far better than anything Alex Pritchard, Abdullahid Sabiri, Tomins, etc., etc. Putting in the Premier League, he's, he's he's outstanding. He's a he's a quality player, and that's not to diminish them, the other ones by any means. But that's how good he is. You know, he he looks a a Premier League footballer to me. And I thought I thought the three behind Fraser Campbell were outstanding on Tuesday. I thought Carlin Grant was excellent on the left hand side. His interplay was was far better. You can't play Carlin Grant as a central striker with without people close to him like we did at Swansea. The ball will just come back and back and back because he, he can't do the role. So to see him wide left again was good. Uh, and to see Chris Willock start after he came on and did a good job against Swansea, I th- I th- that was uh, that was good as well because he offers something different. He's a direct winger. He runs at people. He's got a trick. He can cut, you know, he's got a really good balance in either foot as well. Whereas you know what you get with Kachunga and it's just hard, you know, a straight line, hard work and, Chris Willock, you can see him coming in at different angles and trying to work different angles and that. And even if you look at the the second, you know, the penalty that we got, look how far Chris Willock's come in from the flank. He's there in the number 10 position playing the one-twos with Emil Smith-Rowe. And that's what I like to see. I like to see that fluidity with those wide players, you know, coming into areas to affect the game rather than just stood on the flank waiting for the ball like, you know, like Sean Scannell perhaps used to do a few years ago. The thing that, for me, simple. Them two guys look like they're enjoying playing football. To me, Willock has nothing to lose. He's, he's not kicked a ball. He's excited. He's on the pitch at last. He's going to show, you know, kind of Billich what he's been missing. And, and I felt on Saturday it was a you know nothing to lose scenario. I thought he'd get this call. I did. You know, after saw what we saw Saturday and the way, you know, we needed to win the game. So it was a no-brainer him playing. But Smithrow just seems to be a bit of an head-scratcher while he's been out. I know... Danny Cowling's press conference said, you know, you've got to look after the boy, which I, I kind of, you know, was surprised when he you know, was left out of, was it, he didn't play Cardiff, did he? he was sub wanting for that. I know, I think that's where he, oh, I think it? that's where he got the knock, I think, Cardiff. Yeah, sorry, not. And then, so we obviously have to take a swift trip. To me, two boys who enjoy playing football, make it really simple. And this is what you want to see on the pitch. I, I've been frustrated with our lack of, entertainment, some of the football's been so boring to watch. These two, you pay good money to watch. I was, oh, Smith Rowe, everything you, the Arsenal fans said we would get, obviously the people who've watched them in the academy, you're thinking, okay, yeah, but 
that's it, in the 18s level or what have you. Wow, he, he was sensational. And they didn't know how to stop him apart from just to kick in. <laughs> exactly. Simon, you were behind the goal. I think what's quite, yeah, I was to say, what, what, what was quite interesting for me is if you talk about Neil Smith-Rowe and Chris Willis, I guess the distinction between the two is that for me, I think the expectation around Emil Smith-Rowe is quite high coming to the club. Yes, he's only a kid, of course, he's and we shouldn't expect too much. But this is a lad who's kind of been quite highly regarded in the Arsenal setup. kind of had some minutes in the first team, been on loan to Leipzig. But on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Chris Willock, who I think has lost his way a little bit in football, kind of um, was at Arsenal, obviously, as a youngster, but kind of left there and been kind of on loan at West Brom, didn't get to look in, kind of been at Benfica, I think, and not really been involved there either. And, and I think, I speak for myself, at least, kind of, I was a little bit unsure about who he was and what he was going to bring to this football club. My expectations were a little bit kind of low, really, of him. And um, they both delivered, but both delivered perhaps in, in slightly different ways. And just to come back on your point about Emile Smith Rowe, I mean, you mentioned a number of players in that 10 position. Um, Alex Pritchard, Tom Ince, the beer, like you say, but I probably go as far as to say, kind of on, on the on the little that I've seen, kind of so far, um, probably ahead of kind of Casey Palmer and Izzy Brown. Really, I mean, on one hand, he's been involved in Premier League football, which when when them two came to us, You're they hadn't. So I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So arguably, perhaps a little bit kind of further ahead in his career and ahead in his development than what they are, but. He kind of the, the speed at which he kind of moves, kind of the ball and moves the play forward, the, the touch and kind of the, the ability to kind of find, um, kind of kind of just move through the gears. Kind of he's so good at kind of either speeding the play up or slowing the play down. Um, I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. And then kind of naturally he can't start thinking towards next season, don't you? And would there be any chance we could get him on loan again? I'd be very surprised. In truth, I think on what I've seen so far, we um, need to stay up really, for stars. <laughs> Well, we do yeah. need to step stars, but kind of, um, you'd imagine him in and around the Arsenal first team, wouldn't you? His touch for the, uh, I don't even call it, a, let's call it GBH, when he got absolutely <laughs> cleaned out for a, for the penalty. His, his first touch was sensational. And I, know I put a video out on it, and again, when it slowed down, it looks, but he had no margin for error there. And he's just like, he was just sensational. It's just little things that's just like natural ability. But the best thing I like about him, he's so positive. His first thoughts, he's not to, there's a lot of town players that seem to have a disease are just passing it back and sideways. This guy's first thought is forward we His go. First touch is forward as well. Sensational, it's, mate. It's, it's brilliant. Um, just on just on 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 kind of like the GBH and I guess kind of in my mind at least just for as good as town were, how poor were Bristol City? Oh, I thought Bristol City were really poor. First half. Half. One, one of Rindous. the worst footballing teams I've seen. How, how they're challenging for the playoffs. I'm, kind of is beyond me on that basis but then again this is a team that kind of beat us quite comprehensively on in the season so so perhaps I kind of uh, should keep my mouth shut but I thought they were really really bad and if I'd have been a Bristol fan who travelled to see that I'd been uh, going home with kind of uh, kind of uh, yeah the bit between my teeth As I've, I've said before time and again I'm not a fan of the manager there uh, Lee Johnson I, I just they, they're, they're incredibly wildly just very much like we are at the minute Bristol City they're wildly inconsistent and they've got a decent Decent back sort of back four, back three, but I think they'd switch formation. They played four four two. I think Cowley said afterwards that Danny Cowley said they'd been playing four four two or four three three for quite a while, and then they switched last night because I think they battered us at their place with that system, and I think we were just so much better. It, it was Emil Smith Rowe really popping up behind the two central midfielders in areas where they didn't want to go, and he just absolutely ruined their system. And You've got to give, I suppose, some credit to Fraser Campbell, who I didn't think played particularly well on the day, but his 
constant harassment of the back three really stretches them and pulls them out of position and and it allows the three behind then to sort of get on the ball and get into these spaces which Fraser Campbell's creating for them. And you've got to kind of see, and you kind of that's why you kind of understand why maybe Campbell's there instead of Steve Munier, who doesn't really do that. So you've got to kind of credit Danny Cowley for creating the uh, the basis and the foundation for those three to go and play on. And one other player I thought was excellent was Lewis O'Brien, yeah, as well. Uh, you know, he's so much energy, box to box, winning the ball. He's he's. I'm trying uh, trying very quickly to look at some of the stats he's got from uh, from Tuesday, and he's got a a good. 7.6 on um, whoscored.com. And uh, he's got some good rates, 76% passing rate, five tackles. Is he's tackling, you know, for someone who's 5'7", five, 5'6", five, not, he's not the biggest, 5'8", maybe. He, he's getting sort of more tackles per game than Hogg, almost. You know, he's, he's nipping in there. And not only does he win the ball like Hogg, he glides away from people when he wins the ball. His first touch, is, it's, it's the first two yards how he skips away from people. It was his got, first championship season. You do forget that, don't you? Incredible. I read an I don't know if it was Mel Booth who said the examiner, but it's a fair point because the people were saying, "What a you know, can we keep Smith Rowe?" But Mel, I, I could be totally wrong, Mel, if it's you listening. But he said, "Never mind. Can we keep Smith Rowe? We will be able to keep Lewis O'Brien." He, he were kind of questioning that, that. Obviously, words getting around. You know, the the tackles, the stats, the way he's burst onto the scene. Really, every time we seem to have a live Sky game, he seems to get the the praise from the likes of Don Goodman and what have you. So if he keeps developing like this, we're going to struggle to keep hold of him, I think. Give Trevor Chaloba some credit as well. He, he's much maligned, isn't he? Or was previously with a lot of town fans and he came on for Hog Hog. Sadly, he's got a, 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 seems to have had a bit of a, reoccur- a knee. I think he's got some kind of knee injury that he's having to scan on at the minute. So uh, I thought Trevor Chaloba came in. It would have been easy for him to throw Andy King on, yeah. the experienced one, but he didn't. He went to no, he, Trev Chaloba. Yeah. And the balance between the two, they both did a very similar job up and down and going into that full, sort of false fullback position to offer support. And I thought they both played both played really well. And I think when when the chips are up, you know, I think those two are a really good midfield combo, but it's it's usually when the chips are down and, you know, you're, you're against the wall, that's where you want your Jonathan Hogs, isn't it? And your Andy Kings. But to be fair, great credit to that midfield. Lewis O'Brien's best position for me. I think obviously he's been used in a number of positions this season. Um, left back at times, obviously, along with a shot in the area, but but quite recently in a number ten role. I think he can do a job there, um, and obviously he's got great energy. So press press loads for you, and he'll kind of do lots and lots of work. Great, right? but I think kind of in that deeper position is, is probably where he thrives. He can kind of break up play, can recycle the ball, kind of speed the game up, slow the game down, and kind of obviously kind of as we saw away at Barnes, they've got a killer shot as well. Uh, and we'll kind of contribute a few goals at some point during the season. So I'd hope and I'd like to see him kind of continue that position for the foreseeable. But um, it's certainly not a disadvantage for him to be able to play a number of positions. Uh, we'll work in our favour, no doubt, as the season goes on. Well, let's go. Th- let's wax lyrical about Willock's goal. It was absolutely sensational, wasn't it? It's, it's, it's balance, isn't it? Fantastic. And this is the thing I keep saying it's exciting. Exciting. Well, you know, people paying money to watch exciting football, we've been starved. Because we haven't had a winger for loving the money for for months, have we, really? Since in League One. <laughs> Since Raji van der Parra. I know he yeah, frustrated true. a lot, but at least you think, what's going to happen? It's he kind of exciting. People, didn't he, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, this guy's hardly game. For, he's, he's not match fit, is he? He's just giving us bursts and, and things. But it, honestly, it's uh, it's exciting. And what did, what did £1.35 million pounds there? Release. 
Is it, is it release clause or something like that? They're always yeah. really high, though, aren't they, in Portugal and Spain? Yeah. They always have these really sky-high clauses. Yeah. I, would, I would imagine if they want to sell him, I'd, I'd be surprised if they were one of the release clause amount. But we, we're talking possibles, aren't we, towards the end of the season. But Chris Willock, do you continue with him or do you, do you kind of... Because obviously with his uh, match fitness, it may get dipped in and out again. And I think it's important not to get too frustrated if he if he finds his way back out. Did you feel a bit for Kachunga? Uh, Danny Cowley said afterwards the reason he took him out is because he's he's overplayed him a bit and maybe I think I think he likened it to blunting a knife by playing overplaying him. And I didn't think Cowley had no, uh, much option, to be honest. Obviously, could have kept him in, but I think it was the right move. We're at home. We need to win. And... You know, I don't think Kachunga's going to give you much X factor, really. He'll give you a graft, but we need more than that. We need wins, and uh, I expect Saturday for him to be benched as well. And I think Ed's up, Cluster Kachunga, sorry, as well. I think I saw a tweet out, well done, guys, get in there and all this lot. Yeah. So it just shows what a team player he is. But I think it was the right thing to get him out of the firing line because I think, again, you don't just react to what people say on, you know, phone ins, Twitter, what have you. But I do think the. Uh, the fans might have gone his back. So I think it would have no brainer really and rewarded with a, with a bold approach. You're right. Because a lot of players do go quite, if they're not in the team, they're, they're non-existent on social media, aren't they? They, they, they do yeah. kind of like disappear into thin air. So yeah, it's, it's like Danny Cowley says, Kachunga's, he loves the club. He loves the fans, doesn't he? He's had a great four years here. I think if he, if and when he leaves, I think it'll be quite a, quite a sad time. I would imagine for, for him. Um, what do you do then, Simon? Do you keep do you keep faith with that three behind midfield? Uh, uh, behind the striker? In front of midfield. Yeah. Uh, I do, yep. So kind of um, same team for me. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend's game. Obviously, that depends on Johnny Hogg's fitness. I think if Johnny Hogg's not available, uh, I probably would start uh, Trev. I think Trev did well when he came on. Um, and like I said, there's a natural balance between between him and Lewis O'Brien in that kind of deep line too. So yes, Tim, same team for me, potentially that one change depending on his fitness. And I think kind of then looking further ahead to obviously the Legion United game the week after that, I think that's when Cowley may choose to use his squad a little bit more. We've seen when, he, when we go away from home, perhaps, as you alluded to kind of at the top of the podcast, potentially a bit, little bit more defensive-minded setup. I think Chunga might come back to the back into that game. I hope you're um, wrong, Sai, because I think this is what we got drawn into in Swansea. I, I think, I mean, it's one for next week, innit, when we're previewing the big derby, but you've got to, you've got to have weapons to a, you know, a top team. And then, you know, Smithrow on the bench, Willock on the bench. You know, if you're bringing Kachunga, I think that sends out a message to me that it's like, yeah, I don't think it'll happen Saturday because we've got a win. I, I think we can blow Charlton away again. But the trouble is, this is for God. We were so up for it last Friday, weren't we? And Swansea, yeah. what it really is a season I've never known anything like. Well, obviously at the start we were consistent because we were garbage and losing every game. But no, it's just <laughs> like you know, one lose, win, one draw, win, draw, one. lose. But the performances are so. I think they've been okay for a bit, but it's, they did badly in Swansea. But it's like it never happened against Bristol. And I just, I know they were shocking, and we all agree on that. But. We we got we're at it from the start, and I think that's what we've not done enough this season. From the first whistle, we were up for it. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to think that we made them bad as well as much as anything. I thought us getting on top of them really sort of knocked them back, especially with with what they. they I think they'd have looked at us and thought these guys start pretty slowly, but you know, fair credit to us. We we came out of the we came out pretty quickly, didn't we? And we've been moaning about slow starts, and out we came, uh, greyhounds out of the traps, didn't we? And, yeah. Uh, and we were straight at them, and I think that really threw them. And I, don't, I just don't think they could properly get back into the game. I think the funniest thing, though, though, the Phil Atkinson put a tweet out on uh, Tuesday night saying should have been five. 
It should have failed, but classic town, we're all over and we're battering and there's only one winner. And Bristol City, out of absolutely nowhere, get a goal. Yeah. 88 minutes. And all of a sudden... It's not offside either because Naki doesn't touch no, it. So all of a sudden, yeah. out of nowhere, it's like, here we go, panic. I think Lee Johnson didn't even smile. He was, that fuming with his performance. Why did town do that? Why did they do it? There's, 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 a, Why? there's a slight worry. You look at... We'll, we'll talk about the, the league table in a minute, but... You look at our goal difference again, and our goal difference is crap. <laughs> and if, yeah. if it comes down to goal difference, game, you look at games like that, which was a. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To be fair, we, we take the three points and you're not worried about anything else if you play Bristol City, but it probably was a chance to maybe make a little chip in that you know, a little bit, but... You know, as long as we've got the three points, we'll, we'll keep moving on. And what I'll do before we, we get any further is we'll we'll see what our uh, our little, uh, I can't call them wopsperts. We need to come up with something cosy, don't we, for our, for our mailbox, uh, our mailbox levers. Let's call them chances. Take that, take that chances. Can't, can't think of anything. <laughs> is it like the academy? Take that chance academy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Coming through the yeah. ranks. So when we, uh, yeah, when we pass away, they can uh, come in and step in. Yeah. <laughs> A bit morbid, but all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'll press this uh, this magic button and you'll get some and uh, one or two new voices. Looking back, I'd say a personal highlight of mine from a quite an inconsistent season of football. Um, the decision to start Emil Smith Rowe and Chris Willock showed a lot more attacking intent from the Cowleys, who you could say received a bit of uncalled for stick this week. I mean, yes, it was a dismal performance away at Swansea, and you feel he was forced into making such decisions from um, disappointed fans. But anyway, um, getting on to last night's game, the boys from the off were pressing from the front. The link-up play between Grant and Toffolo on that left-hand side with Emil coming across to support was just superb to watch. Um, similarly, Willock on was that right was just a breath of fresh air from Kachunga, who we've seen for the last couple of years. Um, and I mean, what a goal to cap off that first half. That was just 
pretty much an exact replica of the one that he did at the weekend. Um, uh, coming into the second half, of course, Bristol had a reaction, changed the pace, tried to take the game to us, but really showed no massive major threat of getting back into it. And I mean, as soon as we got that second goal from quite the sublime give-and-go run that led to the pen, we looked as if we were going to kill it off, dead and buried. I mean, seriously, it should have been 4 or 5 nil. But of course, in classic Huddersfield fashion, we decided to give them a goal, 10 minutes to go. But held our own, held out, and on to a huge game against Charlton on Saturday. Hi, this is Claire. Um, still buzzing from last night's win against Bristol City. Um, thought that was the best 90 minutes performance I've seen from town in a long time. The combination of Emile Smith-Rowe, Grant, Willock at the front, along with Toffolo and O'Brien, I thought that combination was excellent. I mean, Emile Smith-Rowe, what a player. We've said it before and we've seen it in other matches how good he is. But last night, it just seemed on a totally new level. I'm in awe of what I was watching last night. Um, Bristol City didn't know how to play him at all um, other than ruffle him up. I mean, Bristol City clearly came with um, big bully boy tactics or a big team. Thought they'd throw the weight around the pitch. But I didn't think that, didn't certainly didn't let town stop playing the football that they wanted to play. Um, I thought it, I thought another dimension came on with Chalaba when he came onto the pitch. Um, again, I've just said about the large players and I just thought he gave a bit of height and dimension. He's one of those players that I don't know if he's playing well or playing badly. Um, but last night I thought he played really, really well and added a little bit extra. Um, Danny Cowley's often said about his processes, getting alignments and getting the team thinking as one. And I think last night was one of those matches where we really saw what he is working towards. Um, they were excellent. Um, the passage of play, the pace of play, the passes that they were making across the pitch. There was, one, there was one pass in the second half where it just went from right across to left to one of our players. The awareness of where everybody is and knowing that if they pass the ball into a space, somebody was going to run into that space they were just excellent and I think I'm really excited that if that is what they're doing on the training ground then we've got a lot of exciting football to come um, I did feel sorry for Lossell though he didn't have a lot to do and he must have been absolutely freezing um, still buzzing I think fingers crossed we can get a run on now because we really need it but what a lift last night what a game um, and I'm really excited for Charlton um, on Saturday Hi there, Graham Rayner, part-time comedian, full-time town fan. Uh, just uh, reflecting on last night's much-needed home win uh, against Bristol City. Fantastic result, much-needed, as I say. Um, squeaky bum time at the end, but then we never make it easy, do we? Uh, two two things stood out for me as real highlights. Uh, first one was Fraser Campbell's attempt at uh, a scissors kick in the first half, which was hilarious. Uh, probably the least successful use of scissors since uh, Pat Sharp's mullet in the uh, 1980s, uh, but I do look back fondly at the Funhouse Twins. Um, and then the second thing was, there was a song that was being sung for about a quarter of an hour towards the end, I couldn't quite make the words out, but I think it was about a pasty, and that made me really hungry, so uh, on the way home I stopped and robbed a Greg's, uh, which, was, uh, which was another highlight, so... Uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, Saturday against Charlton. More of the same. Um, and I might bring my own pasties this time. Cheers. Bye. Hi, this is Stephen John from Malaysia. Well, you know, there was a lot at stake at this game after going winless in the last three ones. So the fact is that it was just two points separating us from the relegation zone. It was vital that we had to win in order to give ourselves some room to breathe. 
Well, thank God that's what just happened. And beyond the result, I have to say this has been the best team we put out out there. It was solid from front to back. You know, I've I couldn't find any reason for me to complain with regards to the selection. I think wish we could have scored more, but hey, I guess you know. But but what matters right now is that we got the three points. So I'm I'm very happy about that. I just hope they can we we can keep this momentum going into our next game against Charlton because if we can win that game. It will give us some boost and motivation going into the next game, which is against Leeds United. No, I mean, no matter how you look at it, beating your rival beats anything that you achieved that season. So I just want us to be in top form by the time we hit to Ellen Road. That's it. Thank you. Hi guys, it's Brady Frost, one of the writers for Any Takes That Chance. So before I go into the Bristol game, I'm just going to touch on Swansea briefly, even though I don't really want to remember the match, because I think they're two really contrasting performances. I think what's most disappointing about the Swansea match for me was the manner of the defeat. It felt like a bad day at the office. I mean, we got ourselves back into the game at 1-1 with 12 minutes to go, and then conceded immediately from a corner really sloppy defending it can be avoided and it just gets worse from there for me absolute day to forget and understandably town fans were worried and you know I, I was worried too going into the Bristol game I didn't think we'd get much from the game and um, how wrong I was and I'm, I'm really really pleased because for me that was one of the best performances of the season I will admit Bristol did look a bit off colour not the usual selves but you know town have to beat what's in front of them and they did take advantage Lovely play between Willock and Smith Rowe for Willock's goal. What a goal it was, you know. Um, don't see too many of them at the John Smith Stadium. And from, you know, I felt the first half we did control the game. Um, Hogg went off injured, obviously, but I thought Shalibur did play really well. Um, and then there, we we had a bit of a shaky start the second half, but then we got into control the game and Smith Rowe wins the penalty. Um, for me, Smith Rowe was the man of the match, you know, fantastic. Um, what really impresses me is he's only 19 years old, but his decision-making is so mature. I'd say 8 out of 10 times he makes the right decision. And, you know, he's willing to run at people. And, you know, I think we've got a hell of a player on our hands. He's definitely going to be a Premier League player next season. Um, you know, if you into his stats as well, it backs it up. He had 78 touches of the ball. There was four key passes uh, and he got an assist and complete free dribbles. And he should have scored... Um, and that would have capped up a really impressive performance. And then, obviously, Grant scores the penalty just. But in typical fashion, we make it hard for ourselves. Um, how many chances do we have to kill the game? You know, obviously, I think it's a little bit harsh now, Brian. Um, but, you know, he could have done better. Obviously, we touched on Smith-Rowe's chance. And then, controlling the game, it's kind of winded down. And then we concede such a sloppy scruffy goal and put ourselves under pressure really unnecessary for me um, we need to control games a bit more um, but if I'm being honest <laughs> kind of last 10 minutes is how I see the rest of the season going um, there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be games where we are expected to win and not win or you know we pull it out of the bag or whatever um, so you know obviously we roll onto Charlton on Saturday uh, and we just need to win to get the breathing space but you know there's going to be 20, plenty more twists and turns for the rest of the season. And that's why we love football, isn't it? Cheers. Bye. G'day. Adelaide Terrier here. Uh, what a start to the day. Very early for me. Five o'clock to get to work. Get all my preparation done so I could watch the match. 
and uh, what I saw of it, lineup fantastic, four two three one. Um, no Kachunga, fair enough. No Mounier, but still, I thought we looked far better going forward, attacking Willock. Looked like he can do on the right what Grant can do on the left. Um, that showed with the goal he scored. Yeah, um, I know. I don't think Bristol were as what played as well as they did um, down there when we got thrashed. But still, I think we had more purpose. We we used the ball better. We moved forward quicker, and I suppose really Emil Smith Rowe again. He wants. To, he gets the ball, picks it up, and goes forward. Doesn't look for a side pass. Doesn't look for a pass backwards. Just looks to attack. Um, we certainly seem to be ticking when when he's in. It's a bit like uh, a couple of years ago with the Chelsea boys. Um, good goal by Willock. Shame that what, the second one was disallowed for offside. Just shows you what happens if you get into the box and run at people, you get a penalty. Must think, even I could tell before Grant took it, he was going to keep putting the left, So, and it was a bit laboured, a bit too casual. But anyway, it went in, which was good. And after that, eight minutes of extra time, um, we, we, looked, we looked good, we looked coasting. And then second half, again, Grant has another chance, gets in there. I don't know how he missed. And then again, Emil Smith from the deflection hits it over. So it could have been three, maybe four one, which would have been fantastic. But certainly a great improvement. Well done, well done, Keller brothers for that. Looking forward to Saturday, another early, early start, but it's worth it. Up the town. Stephen Chicken here, standing in the car park after that smashing win over Bristol City. I think that's probably the best town home performance we've seen this season. Certainly on the ball, I mean, obviously they had the 3-0 against Hull, they had the 2-0 against QPR that was pretty routine, but genuinely town could have had three or four goals against Bristol. Mel's just honking at me there. Um... They could have had the three or four goals against Bristol and probably should have done, to be honest, if they'd been a bit more ruthless. And, you know, how, when was the last time that you could have said Town should have scored four? You know, the, the expected goals was 4.2, which is phenomenal. The best that Town have had for several years. Smith Rowe was absolutely outstanding. He got the first nine out of ten the examiner have given all season. Chris Willock deserved his goal. Carlin Grant deserved his goal. Lewis O'Brien was an absolute machine again. Harry Toffolo was fantastic up the left. Just a lot of positives there. Obviously, we've been here before. We've had good performances and then followed them up with bad ones. But with Charlton coming to town on Saturday, hopefully town can produce another performance like that, make it a six-point week, and then everyone will have forgotten about that defeat against Swansea. It was really nice to hear the fans singing Danny Cowley's Barmy Army towards the end there after the stick they gave him possibly quite justifiably for the performance against Swansea. So, yeah, looking good. Howdy. I thought that was a wonderful game. I thought the Cowleys had a great game plan. You could tell Bristol City was out of sorts, unprepared for that kind of pressure. Credit to the guys. I thought that they were uh, executing at a really high level, uh, higher than what we've really seen previously. A lot of combinations and off-ball movement. 
that really haven't seen at a consistent level uh, so far. And I also think that um, if they can work out some of these combinations and things like crossing in, into the box, that uh, we have a lot of a lot of great things to to come. It wasn't perfect, but I do think this is a trend in the right direction. So I'm excited to see what else uh, the guys and the Cowleys have for us in the future. Please hang up. So I, I'm seeing these results thinking, yeah, it's between, you know, Luton, Barnsley, Wigan, Huddersfield, Stoke. And then look at the table and think, no, it is not at all. And no. wow, all of a sudden we've, you think we're playing for maybe one place now, three places between. I'm, I'm going to throw in everybody in the bottom half apart from QPR. And the reason for that is there are little murmurs about points deductions coming in. We don't know if it's going to happen just yet, but Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, and uh, ooh, who's the old Birmingham uh, are all kind of up up in the uh, the gallows for uh, possible points deductions. We don't know how many they'll be. Uh, whether the EFL, to be honest, I think I look at the EFL. I think you know when that'll be, ball. Matt. You, I think it was about this time last year when they they came in and they deducted. Dedu- Birmingham got deducted last year, didn't they? Birmingham. Mm. Uh, and and as far as I know, Birmingham haven't got that wage budget under control, and they've failed financial fair play again. So I would imagine they'll potentially have a deduction. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday for their uh, D's taxes or whatever it was that uh, Mr. Chan series uh, funneling money through. Uh, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> and then uh, Derby County for the uh, the Wayne Rooney and the the ground. Um, they're not rumours, allegations we'll call them. So potentially there's three clubs that could be in it. And I'm kind of one of those people who doesn't want them to kind of get the deduction because I don't want that to, if they go down instead of us, it'd be like a default. But I'd rather we just get, you know, win the games. But we kind of need it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bringing everyone in. So Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, so Birmingham, if they get a points deduction, would uh, drop below us. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday would be level uh, and Derby County would drop below us as well. So that that's crazy. We're talking nine point. That's usually what they give them, a nine point deduction. That would be crazy because that would put us up to around about 16th place. I mean, obviously, Hull have sold uh, the crown jewels to mm. West Brom. And, uh, I, 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 I almost like Hull to get, well, so get dragged into it. Kind of, I wouldn't feel any, any sympathy for Hull if they, were, uh, if they were to be relegated. It feels like the owners there have kind of tried to strip every single asset kind of possible. I appreciate the two lads think we're out of contract either at the end of this season or the next one so arguably they wanted to make some money out of them while they could but kind of McCann's potentially had the kind of the uh, as you say because the jewels pulled from underneath his feet there and um, they need to understand there's kind of con- consequences of doing that and relegation is potentially one of those looking at the table and looking mm. at the form guide I tweeted this out there 70 goals and they've got their only four points behind Middlesbrough and now are they out of it how can you concede 70 goals and still have a chance of staying up. The division is absolutely nuts. But them three, their fans, I mean, the manager's not going to say it. And the players deep down thinking, we're knackered here. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're on a roll. And yeah, where where do you think we are mentally about it? Because we know we've got the players to stay up, but it's, Saturday's huge, isn't it? I know we can save every game, but we do. If we lose lose Saturday against Charlton, then I think a lot of panic will set in because Charlton will go, three ahead of us with a better 
goal difference. I think the reason why Wolves set in because and obviously other reasons. The way we play, we played so well. Danny Simpson said today the best performance of the season. I, thought I, was, I don't think there. many could argue with that. Yeah, but all of a sudden to go from that because this is a trouble. We're no good at being consistent. To go from that to to lose would be an absolute. It'd be a huge blow. So it, it is. It's such a big game, and I I don't. I mean, a draw is a draw, but man, I still think it'll feel disappointing. All that obviously for three down with ten minutes to go, and we draw, then maybe not. But it's the manner of it, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, it feels like with Charlton. We've got coming up at home, we've got Luton, we've got Wigan, and we've got Charlton at home. Three, we've got Reading away as well from that thing. I, I always feel that at this time of year, you are so much better playing the teams in the middle that are just kind of like ignorantly bobbing along, you know, not really. <laughs> Who are they? Because really, about to, well, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. say, we've just pretty much just said everyone in the bottom half's up for the chop. And but I mean, like, 11th are only six off six, so it's... Is there anyone with nothing to play for? Because exactly, yeah. you like well, Bristol's by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, but Bristol are, are only uh, three, say, or fifth. And yeah, true. Because like, I mean, you said QPR only because they have good points deduction, but I would say everyone else has got something to fight for in that as well. So from the neutral, they're going to be absolutely rubbing their hands, sky, which game should we put on, etc. And but it's incredible how it's opened up, isn't it? It's absolutely bonkers. What does your gut say in terms of? I, I, I'm, I'm still sticking to it that we'll we'll stay up. I've, 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 at no point this season have I thought we'll go down. But We've got some great players. Well, great. Well, that's a stupid. How can great, we great stretch, players. Yeah. Good we've players, got, yeah. We've got some quality players. There's bench uh, the other night. Well, like, yeah, it was good. Wasn't strong. It? To me, impact to come in. The, our fixtures are, I mean, they're, they're as tough as you will get, really. And I think, and uh, for what that's worth in, the, in this mad division night, I think we'll be fine still. But, Without that, it just shows that win on Tuesday were huge, wasn't it? In mm. so many ways. But I'd love to see us, I would really love to obviously see us win on Saturday, but go to Ellen Road with a lot of heart because I just don't want there to be like a game where, right, that's it, you know, damage limitation. Because why should it be? We can go there and beat them. We can did. We, we can beat anybody in this league yeah. if we if we turn up and we play at, you know, maximum capability. There's, there's, no, there's no reason why we couldn't. It, again, the reason why we don't is because of the consistency levels and, and I, th- I think as a unit, I'm watching the back four unit against Bristol City, and I still think that back four unit's a little bit creaky, you know, in certain areas. You know, where certain balls come across and the uh, the communication's not quite there yet between Steerman and yeah. Schindler. They don't quite know each other yet. Danny Simpson, uh, I think for the header, Danny Simpson came too far in at that point. But they're all good players individually, and it's just it's just getting that. I think they need to play every week, every yeah. game together and get that understanding to you know and I think that back four would be the basis then of uh the rest you know the platform for the rest and and hopefully because I thought Callum Grant was Emil Smith Rowe put in one of the best individual performances probably the best individual performance of the season against Bristol City if he hadn't have done that I would be saying Callum Grant's individual performance yeah. against Bristol City was almost oh he, he deserved that coming out god Blaze though should scorch it but it's yeah. yeah he really is uh but this competition now for his place you know, Steve Mooney is there, ready to come in. Obviously, we've we've talked about Kachunga losing his place, and in inverted commas, rested. We know the truth, really. And you could argue at the back. I mean, Stankovic has kind of been shunted out. Yeah, he's unlucky. Talk. Yeah, he's unlucky. But going back to it, I I look at this now, and and who do you? I think the three that'll go down. My my mind changes every week 
<laughs> this this week, who are you? Who are you you looking said we were going to win it. Swans about what do we know? No, that I'm, I'm never just predicting us to win. Again, <laughs> I said we win two one on Tuesday as I've kept babbling. Where else did I, think, I said we win at Derby as well? Broken clocks, right? Mm. But um, I'll, I'll share mine with you first. Then I'll share mine with you first. So, Luton, yep, Barnsley. I think they are improving, but that kind of three points and four point gap, respectively, probably a little bit too much at this moment in time. Could all change, but I think those two will go down. Along with, I'm torn between. I'm torn between Hull, Chaplin, and Middlesbrough. <laughs> I'm not really narrowing it down there, am I? Um, I'm with you on them too, Si. I'm going to say Hull just because of the yeah. the way they're dropping. The again, the owners number one. The crowds are shocking. Although they'll probably be full house for Leeds on Saturday. Yeah, Dave. Well, we know to our cost when we sold the crown jewels, you know, mm. we didn't get in, you know, to the Premier League. We know what it can do. So it's, yeah. But what, do, honestly, we don't know. I mean, the poll I put out, 300 votes. Uh, you know, how do we feel about it? 11 games left. Chill out, we'll be okay. 45%. I'm still concerned. 55%. So I think. I don't know. Anyone yeah. can't be concerned to a degree. Because we're so inconsistent, though, and that as well. There's been some funny. Yeah, uh, I, I think both. I think yeah. we'll be okay. Confidently concerned, Wilshire. I like that yeah, one. I think that's <laughs> much it, yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm looking at it now, and I think Hull City, Middlesbrough, Luton at the moment. Those are my three. I just, I just look at teams, and I think if you've got a goal scorer, you've got half a chance. And Kiefer Moore's hit fire for for Wigan, and Carly Woodrow's doing really well at Barnsley. He's got sort of 15 or so this season, and Sam Vokes up for Stoke. We've got Carl and Grant and, and Mounier. Middlesbrough, no one's no one's really putting the ball in the net from what I can see in Hull City as well. Oh. Those two teams, and they're they're sort of they're going. Middlesbrough were like, remember when they signed Patrick yeah. Roberts and everyone's going, why couldn't we sign Patrick well, it's Roberts? Injured, isn't it? And at that point, they were yeah. about six points off yeah. the playoffs, and they've they've dropped. So I bad. read a report in Yorkshire Post with Samba Longer at Barnsley says there's no interest. He says his promise was a disgrace. Just no interest, not putting in a shift, nothing. You see, we we have got that, haven't we? We're just kind of a bit mis, misguided sometimes. I just think it was just a lack of... It was just an off day, I think, at Swansea. Overall, I think we're... But overrun, we? Yeah, we're, we, we're getting, you know... I know it's not about effort, but we're we're doing all right. It's just it's just getting it right, really, p- picking the right side for me. Mm. But, I mean, there's so much up and down in the fan base, Craig Allroyd. We can't... We just can't seem to shake it off and build that gap. Crucial games coming up. My pots can't rely on anyone, so need to beat the SHIT teams around us. Who might regret selling their players in Chan? That's the thing. I no. don't, I, 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 I they were awful think... against Brentford, though, when, a month ago when I watched that. No, I don't think the teams at the bottom are that yeah. bad. I think it's the teams at the top. <laughs> Middlesbrough can't buy a goal. Uh, Gary Wilco. Can't see the option. It's town. Of course it's going to go to the wire. I'll feel more relaxed if we kept the same front four as the Bristol game. Uh, Alistair Wayne, both. I'm still concerned we'll be all right. Anthony O'Neill is focusing on the big ones. Charlton, Wigan, Luton, surely must wins. I don't like people saying kind of must wins. I saw a tweet the other day saying on, Charlton's a, a must win. It's not. If we beat West Brom, yeah. we don't need to beat Charlton. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. We need to, is, you we don't need to win look, three, yeah. I think. Three or four, possibly. I just I just feel, oh God, I'm going to get, obviously we get beat, I'm back here embarrassed, but there's, a lot of good feeling about Tuesday night. We played well, beat a good side, although out of form. We're at home again. We've got Smith Rowe, Willock. Come on. We've got to win on Saturday, haven't we? What are you going for then? Lyle Taylor, isn't it? 
on Saturday. Mm. <laughs> I think we can just comfortable 2-0 win, but God, oh. we don't want to be in playoffs if you play back all my predictions uh, this season. Who has a Matt Lawrence for Liverpool? Or I don't think it should be nervy because I just think if we go at them like we did against Bristol, start, uh, get the fans on side, I think it could be a good... Uh, I think they'll be a yeah. bit more defensive chat. Yeah. I think they'll sit a lot, they'll sit in a lot more, which will make it difficult. I think it's another shocking forecast, isn't it, for the weekend? So we could be playing in rain and wind or what have you, but I think it's gonna be a really yeah. awkward one one kind of game. I think I think both both teams think, will be really yeah, I'd I think love it's to gonna get be really big. And then go to Ellen Road and really you know, give it to them, spoil their party. Yeah. Why not? But, nice, but but I mean in a way that kind of where do we feel Leeds beat Millsbury? So I was thinking that's a good result of playing all we want them to win, or even other people saying, sure, Cosy, we never want Leeds to win. But you've got to think about yourselves now. Balls to them. Yeah. Come on, town. What about you, Simon? I, I think we'll come out on the right I think we'll come out the right side of the result that weekend. I think I think two ones town. Inevitably we'll kind of um have a few few nervy moments in, in true kind of town style, but Obviously, because we went to the Valley, didn't we, early on in the season, and um, Charlton were really poor. Oh, dreadful, man. Really, really poor. Yeah, the, the, no, um, and I, I think, kind of, with the team, we'll, we'll have a much stronger team against them this time around than what we put out with the Valley that day. That was really at the height yeah. of so injuries and kind of people and down in tools. Lee Boy is one of the biggest bellends in this league. Well, he talked some absolute <laughs> dross after that. He's a bellend. Yeah. Two ones town for me. Three points incoming. Yeah, I just want to mention Nottingham Forest Football Club. For their admission prices, obviously, we've, yeah. and we've nearly sold out. I'm surprised it's not come on the website yet that we've sold out for this because we're hardly any. There were, what you you made me laugh on a t- text, Matt. They were restricted thirty nine pound restricted view tickets. Ellen Road, how tempting! Thirty seven, yeah, thirty seven. Oh, you get thirty seven to off. sit behind Ooh. a pole. Yeah, it's just it's such a crap ground. No, but Forest are going for automatic though, so it'd be easy to kind of maybe ramp up the prices. They're on a bit of a roll. Twenty pounds in an, in a certain block. Adults fifteen over sixty fives, fives eighteen to twenty threes, one pound four elevens, and then even the other blocks only two pound more twenty two sixteen five. They get it, don't they? Uh, Last time they charged us something really cheap, they beat us six one, and I missed our goal. Yeah, I went to that. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I hated that game. God, there. <laughs> Joel Lynch had a right stinker in front of me as well. well. Just that to come, but yeah, yeah. It's just you. I'd, let's get the W in the in the bag on Saturday, and then then we can really you know go into the derby game. Obviously, playing it down. But, yeah, but in a way, I'm sorry, guys, but, yeah, I want Leeds to be all because I want us to stay up. I'm not focusing on anyone else. It's, it's us. And if we don't win, then I start looking elsewhere. Oh, yeah, Brian Orton. It's what we do. Go on, Brian. We do. You've got a beard like him at all, but, yeah. <laughs> right, that's it. So thank you very much to our sponsors, Magic Rock, for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to our... Um, our people that send in the mailbox and thank you to uh, Love Sport Radio for hosting on a Friday as well. Check it out at half past 10. 10.30 tomorrow, Ian Dunn and someone else. Thank you very much. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while Upon the field of play 
thousand slowly cheer them on the way. Often you can hear them say, Who can be the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every go shall be a memory. So town play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring the car back to Huddersfield Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death Michael Heffley Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.